This is the Heart of Singing podcast, the place where passionate singers and vocal coaches of many different styles will share their passion about the wonderful art of singing and making a career with their voices. I'm your host, Henry Crescini. Now, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heart of Singing podcast. I'm Henry Crescini, your host. Very glad to be here again with you all. And today is episode seven. And uh, in case you don't know the podcast, you can check out the other episodes. Every two weeks, I am interviewing a different singer from many different styles, many different uh, paths of life. And I am very, very honored about today's guest because he was the singer of one of my very favorite bands. For five, four years, he was the singer of Iron Maiden. I'm talking about Blaze Bailey. And uh, besides Iron Maiden, he has a very prolific solo career with excellent metal albums. So I was very glad that he agreed to, uh, to an interview with this podcast. And that's why I'm not gonna talk much I know I had a great conversation with him. He talks a lot about his career and about his singing, about his vocals, about um, how he uh, goes about the technique of singing and all that stuff. So I leave you without further ado with Blaze Bailey. Enjoy. So hello, Blaze. Nice to have you hello. here, man. Hello. Greetings from Germany. Germany? Yeah, that's where I am. Wow, it's the miracle of modern technology. Absolutely. It's, it's an incredible time to be alive. I totally agree with you. And uh, if this pandemic has, has taught us something, it's about uh, connecting more. Um, your new album, War Within Me, it just came out, right? A couple of days ago. No, hey. it, it was supposed to come out on the 9th of... Um, April, the uh, the online version came out, and the hard copies were all delayed. So I the... I saw that update from you, but uh, people can stream it already, and it rocks. Let me yeah. tell you, it rocks very hard. So congratulations on that. So when is the actual release date for the physical album? Uh, the release date was the April the ninth, and all of the um all of the cds have been sent out now uh that were ordered in advance and we hope next week all the vinyl will be sent out as well so um yeah you can order it now from uh blazebaileyshop.com or from blazebailey.net i will put the links here in the video description or in the show notes so everybody can get it and then I, I streamed it I think it rocks well you have you have been putting out solo material since the year 2000 and it has been consist consistently solid I think it's been really good quality metal and I think that's what people expect from Blaze and you have been delivering so far so this album I think will won't be the exception for fans of this kind of music so, but you have been an active singer since the eighties, right? As in, just you yeah. started with you started out with Wolf Spain, 
how did it all begin? How did you decide to become a singer? What, what led you to it? Um, well, to become a rock singer, I, the decision to do that, I went to see Ronnie James Dio, uh, and I think it was a Holy Diver tour, and I heard him sing Children of the Sea, and it was um, an amazing moment in my life. I never heard anything like that. And I had a night shift afterwards. And while I was on that night shift, I just thought, well, if I could do anything, I'd like to be like Ronnie James Dio and be a singer in a band and tour the world. So, um, so that, that was it. I just start, that was the start of my dream. Really. I sang a little bit. I was in the choir at school. Oh, Okay. Uh, about three weeks before they kicked me out. <laughs> Why'd they kick you out? For being too loud. Too loud. Oh, oh well. And uh, there was a baby grand piano at the hotel where I worked. There was a baby grand piano and they never locked it at night. And I always did night shift. So sometimes I would plink about on that and... I wrote my very first songs on that piano and recorded myself on a little cassette player. And uh, I found the cassette the other day. Like, a, well, I say the other day, like a few months ago, I found the cassette uh, that I recorded of my first song. I'm scared to play it, though, at the moment in case it disintegrates. So, um, yeah. So it's, I've always liked singing. It's my own philosophy is singing is a very natural thing and you have to get out of your own way because I went through a time where I tried to sing like Ronnie James Dio, which is a normal thing when you're a, a young singer you sound like your influences. You, yep. you are influenced very, very much. And um, I, I think that was a, that I didn't realize at the time was a difficult phase because actually before I tried to be a rock singer and I was just singing normally, my voice was okay, unremarkable but okay. And when I tried to sound rock or metal, whatever it was, then it wasn't good. So that took a year or so, or a couple of years to find my own style and find a natural way to sing and to vocalize. So, that was something I never expected on my journey, but I'm not really a, a natural singer. I'm not a talented singer or musician, but my dream was to be a singer. So I learned to sing 
and I had different vocal coaches along the way. I had a few singing lessons when I was in Wolf Spain. And what I would do is have a few weeks or months of lessons, and then I would try and incorporate those things then into my gigs. And then when I hit a block or I felt I was struggling with something, I would go and find a coach to help me. And one of the things that I found along the way is their vocal coaches and people that give lessons, unless they're the, at the very top, they all have different ideas yeah. about what is the best thing for singing. And really, you've got to find what's best for you as an individual. It's like no two eye colors are exactly the same. Yep. So no two singers are exactly the same. And there is a, a classical way to find your voice and project it. But that's not the way of the rock singer. And so for me, it's finding the sound that is me that's the connection between my heart and my vocalization and my passion and finding a way to project that and make it last for more than an hour right and then to make it last for more than two nights in a row, then more than three nights in a row, then more than four nights in a row, then to make it last for two hours and like this. So uh, these are the things really for for the for me as a singer and the best tutor lesson that I had, it was a, a, a top guy, Mr. Shapiro. And he does all of the big show singers in the West End and trains a lot of people who lose their voices as well. And I just had great advice from him. Uh, he said, we want you to sound like Blaze, but we want to give you the tools that you need to sound like Blaze, but keep going. I think that was what what he said. That, that's and, what it should be. Yeah, and it was it was good, really good. And what I learned from him stayed stayed with me, and is the base of the technique that I've developed since Iron Maiden. Well, that's amazing. And it's a great answer because it was very detailed. And uh, during that time with uh, Wolfsbane and then with Maiden, did you develop a sort of warm-up routine? Or how did you prepare for the shows? The warm-up routine that I, ju that I just did myself was... Um, I'm a fan of Frank Sinatra. 
and Billy Joel as singers. Um, so what I would do is have, it was cassettes then, I'd put the cassettes on and hum along and and do, because they're quite low and easy in many ways, and hum along to though to some of my favourite songs. And it would be the same type each time, same tape each time, and hum along to them and um, then start building on that to to warm up the to warm up my voice but um it's very difficult to find time to warm up when you're out there on the road and it's a rock or metal show it's difficult to find a room or a space to warm up um to to vocalize that's away from everybody when I, I do concerts very small to medium my concerts are and um i think it's a difficulty for a lot of singers a few guys that i've spoke to so well what do you do for a warm-up and um i warm up differently now to what i did back then and it, it, it's a challenge, really, for anybody. My warm-up now is gentle humming and also special sounds in the throat. And once the voice is warm, it will last about 20 minutes. So if I've got... We, we always try to run our shows on time. So my manager is quite picky and fussy about getting things on time. So roughly, if if he says the show will start at 9 p.m., you'll be on stage, it's pretty close to 9 p.m. So that warm-up lasts me. But... Uh, very very frustrating is when we have support bands or opening bands and they really don't care about the time they're not on time they're late they go over they don't get their equipment off on time they have no respect and no consideration for me or my fans they act as if it's their show and it's a very common thing so for that reason i rarely have support bands because just for the point of view they're not on time and they're disrespectful especially being disrespectful towards my fans you know i don't like it at all so the show runs much smoother if i don't have opening bands or if i know the bands very well and i trust them so if i have a regular support band on the tour it's because i know them because we will work together and make sure things are on time and then i can get my voice where it needs to be and at the level to start the show strong and that 
means a lot to start the show with confidence but it's it's a challenge i think for anybody any body doing small and medium shows in rock and metal any kind of touring really to get time to warm up focus and really it's a different way to live if you're going to be serious about it depending on what kind of voice that you've got and what kind what you're trying to project my voice and my style goes from a, a kind of classic rock through a kind of operatic big sound to soft sounds and that's just me that's how i've developed that's how i've that that's my own style that i've developed on stage over hundreds and hundreds of shows and also in my writing and writing for my own voice and being aware of what my instrument is that's been a really good thing right what do which part of my instrument do i want to use in this particular place and experience enables me to find it right i know how to get that sound whereas in the early days it would kind of be luck and hit and miss i'd be trying to get a particular sound but it, i don't know if i would be able to get it and as you i've made more albums and been in the studio more i've done more concerts and worked with classical guitar and done unplugged tours and acoustic tours with classical guitar. I know. I saw your life that way. Different parts of my voice. And that that's enabled me to um to to really use my instrument and know my instrument a lot better. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I saw you live acoustically in Hamburg in 2012 with Thomas and Anne. It was it was awesome. It was a, a lot of uh, maiden songs from all eras and then your own material. It was a really great show. And you mentioned something about support bands. And I know Wolfsbane supported Iron Maiden during the No Prayer for the Dying Tour in 1990. And um, did you imagine back then that you would be fronting that huge band someday no because uh, you know i didn't think my voice was suitable it was certainly something that you know i enjoyed when i did do it but i, I didn't really think that i'd be a suitable replacement for bruce dickinson because my voice is so different you know it, it seems that it comes from a different place but talking to steve afterwards that's what he wanted really he wanted a change from bruce he wanted something else and working very closely with steve in the studio that's where i found my 
full voice. It was like before then, I had about 60% of what I have now as an instrument, my range, and then working closely in the studio on those two albums with Maiden, that's and writing with Steve Farris, that's where I found the other 40% of my voice. And I've had all these extra places and things that I could use. But, you know, when Wolfsbane supported Maiden, we were on time to the minute, man. That's the way it should be. That's right. We were on time. We, we never... Um, I got... I supported White Snake once with uh, my own band because the support band got fired for being <laughs> late all the time. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> Dance to support. And it was just fantastic, man. I loved it. Well, you mentioned uh, your voice being different to what Bruce uh, brought to the band, of course. I remember very clearly the first time uh, I heard Man on the Edge. Um, and I was like, wow, this is Maiden, but different. And then I heard the Edge of Darkness. And it was like, wow, I mean, this guy can sing. I mean, it, it was different, but it was amazing. It was made and it would, it would fit somehow. And you mentioned that that's what Steve wanted, something uh, different than what people was used to listening to. And how much were you allowed to contribute to the compositions? I know you wrote lyrics from some of the songs and being the new singer and being already able to do that, it's a, quite an accomplishment, I think. Were you allowed to bring a lot to the compositions, arrangements, and so? I think we did about uh, it was a six songs on the um, on the first album on um, the X Factor, and I, I think about four on. Um, virtual 11 and the whole vibe is well it doesn't matter who has the idea what's important is that it's a really good idea and if that's the best idea that's what we're going to use and and that's how it went really so and that's something i i, I do now I, i've learned that you know I suppose what I the, the best lesson from working with Steve Harris was knowing that you can take the idea from your head, put it into rehearsals and get it on the record. Before that, things were a little bit of a lottery and I, I, I would have a lyric that I really liked, but it didn't always work out with the music. And I might have a melody that didn't quite work out. And it seemed there was a little bit of luck involved in coming up with a song that was good. And working with the guys in Maiden, then that kind of luck element was gone. It was, 
yeah, if you want it to sound like this, here's what you do. And things work in that way because you cut this, you do that, you do that. And I was like, ah, and a part of the veil of songwriting was lifted for me. And since then, really, I've had success, which I measure myself as to what I think is a good song. I've had much more success being able to have more good quality songs than before. And that's carried on now. So it's nice to have the feeling that, right, when the idea comes, we follow the idea. Or if you have a strong idea about where you want something to go, you can get it there. And now my own writing, my solo work is very much based around, right, I know my instrument and so does my co-writer on War Within Me, Chris Appleton. We've done some albums together. Which part of that do we want to use to connect the lyric, the melody, and the music? Which part of the voice do we want to use? And what do we want behind it? How do we want to back that? Do we want a chord, a riff? What key should it be in? to get the particular feeling that we want. And that's a new world compared to when I started in the 80s, where it was just, well, sing as loud as you can and, you know, hope you're in tune. That's how I started. And, uh, <laughs> you know, compared to now where I'm like, you know, if you're writing the songs, then you should tr be trying. If I'm writing songs for my own voice, I should be trying to do something that helps me put the strong parts of my voice across. And um, it's a, a lot of what I learned working with Steve Harris, and it's something I've developed over it's 25 years now since I was in Iron Maiden. And I've developed that as a moving forward. So if you listen to the War Within Me album, it's all there. My whole instrument is revealed in different parts. Aggressive, melancholy, sad, angry, defiant, all the different emotions and parts of my voice. I've been able to find and use in the places that I wanted to. And that's the experience of years. Okay. Well, I think those two Maiden albums, they really showcase what you could do back then. You can do a lot more right now because you have gained so much experience. But I think of a song like The Educated Fool, that's my favorite song of uh, Virtual Eleven because there is this vocal harmony part 
and you think it's amazing. And that's something you don't listen to, you don't hear in Maiden's music so much. These are very big har vocal harmonies. And so I think that was a, a great add to the Maiden sound. And so you toured the world twice with them for those two albums. And um, speaking of keys, was there ever a discussion about tuning down some of the old songs to better accommodate your range? No. Okay, so you just you just went through it. You just went well, with it. What I do now is very different. I mean, that's like 25 years ago. And since I made it, I've made 11 studio albums of my own and two more, two full Wolfsbane albums since I made it and an EP since then. So, you know, it, it's a different world. You're talking about over 20 years ago. It's a lifetime. Yeah, that's really. true. You know, and uh, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful time for me and a great honor and privilege to work with the guys. And I learned so much in that time. And really, if you listen now to the War Within Me album and X Factor and Virtual Eleven, it's like a different man. And it's still your distinguishable voice, still recognizable. You can still see that's, that's Blaze there. And do you wish there have been, uh, there would have been any official releases of any of those tour with, tours with Maiden? I mean, there's a lot of bootlegs on YouTube, but do you, do you wish there would have been something officially released? Well, there is on, um... On Visions of the Beast, there is uh, a lot, some live stuff, uh, uh, a live song from me. I think Afraid to Shoot Strangers is it live from me. And I, I think I did hear that version, yes. So, you know, it's 20 years ago, and I really. I don't look back so much. I take the lessons from the past and I cherish good memories, but I'm living now and I'm supported by incredible fans. I'm an independent singer, a heavy metal singer, completely independent, full-time, supported by my fans that's what's happening now now i'm bringing out an album which some of my fans that have followed me for years and years some fans are saying it's the best album i've ever done and that is a huge accomplishment and i'm very excited about singing my new songs live yes and seeing if they work so i don't spend a lot of time thinking about the past in any case you left a legacy within that band i think that's why those songs are still being played live by maiden these days and uh, and i think that that speaks 
volumes of those two albums. But like you say, you, you have been uh, releasing solo stuff since the year 2000. I remember when, when Silicon Messiah came out, um, a lot of people I knew who weren't much into Maiden with your vocals were like, wow, but this guy is amazing. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's your own sound kind of more aggressive metal maybe than the classic uh, Maiden sound. And, uh, and I think that's what you've been delivering so far. But you also mentioned that you have done these acoustic shows. And like I said, I saw one of these. Um, what made you go through that path? It's not very usual for metal singers to do these kind of uh, unplugged shows. I don't know. I think you're wrong. Tim Ripper Owens does unplugged sometimes you know so uh, i i think it, it depends really for me i had no band at the time and i met thomas and we got along and we did a few different things together and it was a lot of fun so that was it really i really enjoy working with the classical guitar and the violin it's a different way of the voice to be as an instrument in a full metal context the voice does this and you have all these instruments around you massive volume for, uh, uh, and full frequencies all the time or in, in different dynamics whereas performing with one instrument or guitar and violin the voice is one third and it bet it's it's another shape that the instrument is another space that you have to fill you have to be, or I am certainly very aware of the silences and the gaps as much as the big parts, which in full metal, you just don't have to worry about what happens in between when you sing. Something else is going to be going on, but when you are in... A situation with the unplugged or in particular with the classical guitar it's it's a different way for the voice and those shows are much harder and much more challenging as a vocalist than full metal because you are so exposed it better be right and it better be good because there's nowhere to hide. So it's it's a challenge. And um, it's a conversation I often have with my manager when he says, oh, but we could maybe do an unplugged show. And I say, it may look like the unplugged or the classical is easier, but it's not. It's much tougher. So. If I can sing five shows in a row, even 10 shows in a row, I've managed 
under extreme circumstances, singing full metal. There's no way I'm going to do that unplugged or with the classical guitar because you're using so much more of the voice, the, the dynamic of it is so much more. But of course, what you get back from that is this huge feeling of involvement in the lyric and the melody and there's much less in the way between you and the audience so there's uh, a faster deeper connection between the vocal and the audience than there is full metal where that's why people are going to see full metal it we do these big arrangements with electric guitars yeah. and drums and everything that's why you come to see it. it's a big loud dynamic thing that is supposed to make you forget yourself and then the unplugged is something that is a little bit different that's it's it's a big challenge for the voice and we did an album called um december wind oh yeah and uh we, which is a collection of all my uh songs with the classical acoustic and violin and so it's a really really nice album but uh, not all my fans like that. Some of my fans only like my metal and rock side. And uh, so I, I don't do much of my classical side with the classical guitar or unplugged now. But it is fun when I do it. I do really enjoy it. But it's it's a big challenge to make my voice last a few shows in a row i understand well i have one last question and uh, how are you coping without live shows because you're basically a live artist how are you coping these days without uh, being able to tour well i'm very very lucky i have wonderful fans around the world that support me and even though i'm tiny and underground then because i'm completely independent and i am my own record company then with the support of my fans i'm able to make a new record and my fans bought merchandise off the blaze bailey shop um so it's been it's been okay. The good thing, even though it's absolutely tragic, is we were always going to record in 2020, 2019, going into 2020. And and um, it just meant when, when our shows got cancelled and postponed, it meant we had a bit more time for the songs and to live with the songs. And um, that's been a huge advantage. It's tragic that we haven't been able to do live shows. And it's 
it's been difficult in its own way. But really, the thing that I've missed most is just meeting my fans because at every Blaze Bailey headline show, there has been a free meet and greet up until now. And um, I've missed that. But when I was making the War Within Me album, I had my fans on my mind. And I knew who I was making this record for and what I wanted to say. And the feeling that I wanted to get over was, if you're weak, you can grow strong. If you're low, it's not hopeless. And if you just hold on, sometimes things will improve. And um, all the way through the writing of the album, I thought about my fans, some of the people that I know on first name terms, some people who've come to so many shows. Um, and I thought about what I wanted to say to them and how I wanted to sound when they put me in their heads on the headphones or in their car with the CD. I thought about that. And when we worked on the new songs, we're very, very careful, very particular about what we did and the areas of the voice and the lyric and the melody and the key that it would be in and the chord and where it would go in the instrumental and how we'd come back to the vocalization and all of that so that it was essentially war within me was a positive record to help me in the horrible pandemic and share some of the philosophy that I have about weathering the storm and getting through and carrying on because I've had terrible circumstances where I wanted to give up and my fans have kept me going. And I felt on this album in particular, more than any other, this album is more for my fans than any other album I've done to help them try to help them keep going through what is a very difficult time for humanity. Absolutely. I think that's a great message to wrap this up and a great message to for these trying times, in any case, for everybody. So thank you very much, Blaze, for having taken the time. And people can order uh, your new album from the shop. I will put the link here in the video description and in the show notes. I have one last request. And uh, would you be willing to sing something a cappella? Your heart will heal and your tears will dry every storm is. When you look back, everything you see will be what you have survived. 
Some people give up on themselves, waiting for the end. Slowly they just die. Some people don't admit defeat, making their own wings. They learn how to fly. There will be storms I have to survive inside my head and inside my heart times when i feel it's impossible to find a place i can call home wow amazing <laughs> thank you blaze thank you for the time thanks for the for the singing at the end I mean, a little fanboy moment, uh, 25 years ago, I wouldn't have imagined that I would have you singing like this <laughs> in my headphones personally. So thank you very much and wish you much success with the new album at that, and that you can tour again very soon. Okay, well, thank you. Good luck with your podcast. Thanks a lot, man. And um, wishing you all the best and thanks to all of my fans for sticking with me through this terrible time and thank you all for helping me and supporting me and making it possible for me to write record and produce the war within me album thank you everybody cheers cheers so that was the interview with blaze bailey an accomplished metal solo artist and the former singer of Iron Maiden and uh, one very solid guy and I had a great uh, time interviewing him I hope you enjoyed it too remember if you want to subscribe to the podcast just uh, click on the subscribe button here on my YouTube channel so you will be notified when new episodes are airing or you can follow on anchor.fm slash the heart of singing I'm on Spotify I'm on Instagram is the heart of singing or two all together. I'm on Facebook, the heart of singing dot podcast. So you will find me in all of these places. So remember to support the artists that are um, doing their thing during this pandemic and uh, remember to buy their music and uh, go to their shows as soon as that is allowed again. So I hope to uh, be able to host a new guest next time in two weeks and until then i wish you much luck and remember to always sing your heart out bye